If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine. I'll have your top five at five. And also, we have sports, weather, traffic, and business. This this is the top five at five. Here's your top five at five in his first press conference of the year. President Joe Biden claims he outperformed expectations. Even more violence in the Big Apple, an 11-month-old left in critical condition after shots ring out in the Bronx. Breaking overnight, two arrests in the U.K. It's all related to the taking of hostages at a Texas synagogue. A defeat for former President Donald Trump. The U.S. Supreme Court has refused to block a request that he received from the January 6th committee investigating the January 6th riot for presidential archives. Moscow says it will accept nothing but watertight guarantees that Ukraine will not join NATO. It's all ahead of a meeting today between top U.S. and Russian officials. Well, President Joe Biden, you may have seen it and heard it here on 77 WABC, his first press conference of the year Wednesday. POTUS claiming he outperformed expectations, Biden also slamming Republicans for working against him. Biden's press conference comes as his $1.75 trillion Build Back Better agenda remains stalled in Congress and efforts to change filibuster rules failed again. Biden says he will have to break up his stalled Build Back Better package to get it passed. He claims support for items in that sweeping package. American people overwhelmingly agree with me on prescription drugs. They overwhelmingly agree with me on the cost of education. They overwhelmingly agree with me on early education. They overwhelmingly go on the list on on, on child care. Biden also defended his handling of the COVID-19 pandemic and his handling of the U.S. economy, despite record high inflation. For all this progress, I know there's a lot of frustration and fatigue in this country. And we know why. COVID-19, Omicron has, has, has now been challenging us in a way that uh, it's the new enemy. Biden also predicted Russia will move in on Ukraine and defended the U.S. military's chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. Today marks Biden's one-year anniversary as president, with poll numbers giving him approval numbers in the low 40s. An 11-month-old girl in critical but stable condition this morning after being hit by a stray bullet in the Bronx. The child's father was inside of a convenience store, the child and her mother inside of a vehicle on Valentine Avenue, when shots rang out as one man chased another. Two shots were fired. One struck the child with her mother calling 911. Here's New York City Mayor Eric Adams on the incident. These are good parents with three children. And the first thing the mother did 
when she walked into the room that she grabbed our hands and she prayed. She prayed for her city and she prayed for the children of this city. So this child, 11 months old, shot in the cheek, taken to St. Barnabas, but later transferred to Cornell Medical Center. An investigation is ongoing, and the NYPD tells us so far no arrests in this case. Breaking overnight, British police say they have arrested two people in connection with that hostage taking at a synagogue in Texas. Counterterrorism police Northwest said one man was arrested on Thursday in Birmingham, Central England, and another in Manchester. They are being held for questioning and have not yet been charged. British citizen Malik Faisal Akram took four people hostage at a Texas synagogue Saturday in a 10-hour standoff that ended in a hail of bullets with his death. He had entered the United States as a tourist on a tourist visa about two weeks before the attack at Congregation Beth Israel. Two British teens also arrested as part of this investigation on Sunday and later released without being charged. Malik called for the release of Lady Al-Qaeda imprisoned in Texas for 86 years for murdering U.S. soldiers. The FBI has also walked back the claim that the attack was related to the Jewish community. A blow for former President Donald Trump. The U.S. Supreme Court Wednesday refused a request from the former Republican president to block the release of White House records related to the January 6th Capitol riot. One justice on the high court, Clarence Thomas, noted a dissent, though. And the Special House Committee investigating the January 6th riot sought these records from the National Archives. In Trump's filing with the U.S. Supreme Court, he invoked executive privilege. Now, that is a doctrine meant to protect the confidentiality of things like presidential communications over some of these documents. Trump had sued to try and block the release of these documents, saying that the committee was investigating possible criminal conduct, a line of inquiry that he said was improper. And Trump also said the panel had no valid legislative reason to seek the requested information. On the latest on the Russian military buildup at Ukraine's border, Russia now playing hardball once again. Russia's Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei Rabakov warning Moscow will accept nothing less but watertight U.S. guarantees precluding NATO's expansion into neighboring Ukraine. As we have told you, Russia has about 100,000 military troops right at Ukraine's border. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken visited Ukraine Wednesday to reassure it of Western support in the face of what he called relentless Russian aggression. Talks between Blinken and his Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov, are scheduled for tomorrow in Geneva. 77 WABC Time Check, 507. Frank Diaz at the traffic desk. Morning, Frank. Good morning, Debo. It's looking pretty quiet out there. The George Washington Bridge looks good at the moment, along with all the Hudson River crossings. Heading to Long Island and Freeport, right and center lanes are closed on the eastbound side of the Hunt Sunrise Highway between Buffalo and Winsome Avenue. And in the Hudson Valley, Route 218 is closed both ways between Cornwall and West Point because of weather-related slide hazards, so use Route 9W as an alternate. In the Bronx, uh, Fox Street between Intervale Avenue and Tiffany Street is closed off due to that fatal house fire, so you might want to avoid that area. The trains look okay at the moment, and the alternate side of the parking rules are in effect today. I'm Frank Diaz with your traffic report on 77 WABC. 
And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. There is a winter weather advisory posted. That's till 1 o'clock today. We have a mixed bag of rain and snow this morning until about 7 a.m. Then that will gradually change over to all snow. We could see 1 to 3 inches of precipitation before it's all over with temperatures gradually fall to around 28 by late afternoon. A mostly cloudy overnight, the low down to 15. Right now, a light rain is falling And we have a reading right now of 33 degrees, so still above WABC Early News. All right, it has failed again. Deb Valentine with your early news. What I'm talking about is Democratic-led efforts to change filibuster rules in Congress. It went down to defeat once again on Wednesday. Here's the vote. On this vote, the A's are 52, the nays are 48. The decision of the chair stands as the judgment of the Senate. And all Republicans voted against it. Moderate Democrats, yes, Senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona voting against the proposed change to the 60-vote requirement to end a filibuster. U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York tried for the nuclear option here to change the long-standing rule after the GOP used the filibuster to block sweeping voting rights legislation pushed by Democrats before the measure failed. The change would effectively allow Democrats to pass voting rights changes with only a simple majority. Manchin defended his choice right before the vote went through. Eliminating the filibuster would be the easy way out wasn't meant to be easy. I cannot support such a perilous course for this nation when elected leaders are sent to Washington to unite our country, not to divide our country. And so these current rules, of course, requiring 60 votes to end a filibuster, a mathematical improbability with the U.S. Senate split 50-50. An unusual statement from none other than Vermont Independent Senator Bernie Sanders. Now, he suggested Tuesday that he would actually support primary challengers against Democratic colleagues, Joe Manchin, who you just heard there of West Virginia, and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. Now, Sanders said he thinks voters in the senator's home states will be disappointed with Manchin and Sinema's opposition to the Biden administration's proposed Build Back Better agenda and changes to these filibuster rules. Here's Sanders. Is changing The Senate rules a radical idea. Oh, my God. First time in history we're about to do it. Never been done before. Oh, well, really, not quite. No. As every member of the Senate knows, the rules get changed on a fairly regular basis. So the spotlight on Sanders' comments, because it is highly irregular and unusual for a colleague to suggest they'd be willing to campaign against colleagues from their own party. The move channels former President Donald Trump, who often targeted fellow Republicans he viewed as disloyal. Well, two leading Republican senators claim that the Secret Service improperly redacted hundreds of pages of records related to Hunter Biden's overseas travel. Hunter Biden, the son of President Biden, of course, and apparently withheld information about trips to China, Russia and other countries. Now, in a letter Tuesday to Secret Service Director James Murray. Republican Senators Chuck Grassley of Iowa and Ron Johnson of Wisconsin allege the agency hid names and other information contained in email conversations regarding Hunter Biden 
without any proper legal justification. The Washington Examiner reported last year that Hunter Biden, whose father was VP at the time, decided to ditch his Secret Service bodyguards before flying to Kazakhstan to pursue a deal on behalf of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. President Biden in the past has insisted that he was unaware of any of these business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. So Hunter Biden reportedly planned to meet with then-Kazakhstan Prime Minister Karim Masimov. The prime minister was arrested on treason charges on Saturday following his ouster as head of the country's counterintelligence and anti-terror agency. A new report says that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's two adult daughters, who both work for big tech, so this raises questions about whether he has conflicts of interest as the Senate pursues legislation to rein in those companies. The New York Post reporting Tuesday that Jessica Schumer is a registered lobbyist for Amazon. Now, her sister, Allison Schumer, works for Facebook as a product marketing manager. A bill making its way through the Senate Judiciary Committee that would prohibit companies like Amazon from self-preferencing their content. Now, that essentially means that they can market their products over those from other sellers. And a source close to Schumer told the Post he will back that bill. Anyway, so this bill, it's called the American Innovation and Choice Online Act. It's a bipartisan legislative effort sponsored by Senators Amy Klobuchar out of Minnesota, a Democrat, of course, and Chuck Grassley, a Republican out of Iowa. More bad grades for President Joe Biden. A new Politico morning consult poll finds that just 11 percent of respondents give the president a grade of A. 20% told the poll they'll give Biden a grade of B, 18% a C, and 12% gave him a D grade. Here's President Biden last week. There's a lot of talk about uh, disappointments and things we haven't gotten done. We're going to get a lot of them done, I might add. Voters were responding to the Biden administration's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic, supply chain issues, the ongoing border crisis, high inflation, and the U.S. military's chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. More than half of respondents said Biden is a weak leader. Forty percent disagreed. Just 37 percent agreed with the statement that Biden is a strong leader. All right, 77 WABC time check, 515. That means it is time for Justin Alec with a look at sports. Yes, it is, Deb. What do we got? Today's uh, Thursday. All right. All right. One, one, wow. yeah, one more day and we're there. I am Justin Alec here with the early news sports update. We begin in the nation's capital where the Nets outlasted the Washington Wizards last night by a score of 119 to 118. With the Nets on the road and Kevin Durant still sidelined. Point guard Kyrie Irving had a chance to show his worth. Once again, Harden leaves it for Irving. Kyrie lines it up. Bottom, Kyrie. Sound there, courtesy of the Yes Network. Irving scored 22 of his 30 points in the first half for Brooklyn, which proved to help the Nets gain enough breathing room to hold off a second-half surge from the Wizards. Brooklyn will head to San Antonio today for their matchup with the Spurs tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Quick check on the Knicks, who were off last night. They'll welcome the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans to the Garden tonight for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time date. Now for some ice hockey, as just the Blue Shirts were in action last night. They pounded a good Toronto Maple Leafs team into the ice at MSG by a score of 6-3. to Ryan Reeves and Adam Fox both netted a pair for the Rangers as they'll head to Carolina happy for their matchup tomorrow night with the Hurricanes. 
Islanders and Devils were both off last night but are set to return to action in the very near future. The Islanders will welcome the Phoenix Coyotes to Long Island tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And the aforementioned Hurricanes will, will pay the Devils a visit in New Jersey this coming Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. With sports... I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We have a winter weather advisory posted until 1 this afternoon. We'll see 1 to 3 inches of snow today. It's starting as a rain-snow mix, however. Temperatures will fall throughout the day today to 28 winds to 14 miles per hour. Overnight, the low 15, mostly cloudy skies. Nicer tomorrow. A partly sunny day, and the high tomorrow is 24 degrees. And right now, 41 degrees, but temperatures expected to fall throughout the day. Let's... The WABC Early News. All right. Uh, let's uh, give you some more 77 WABC Early News now. And, of course, we will have more sports and weather coming up. You have probably noticed this yourself. Less traffic. Trains half full. Now, a new survey by the Partnership for New York, which represents the city's business leaders and largest employers, reveals that 75% of major Manhattan employers have delayed office returns over Omicron. Now, along with COVID, there's, of course, crime hampering the city's return and its comeback. WABC Radio's Lydia Serrani goes in-depth on this issue with the CEO for the Partnership for New York, Kathy Wild. And this is Lydia Serrani on the line with me right now. It's Kathy Wild, CEO for the Partnership for New York City, which represents the leaders of the city's major businesses. Welcome, Kathy Wild. Thank you, Lydia. I just heard a disturbing statistic. Talk to me about the occupancy rate for some of our major buildings here in the city. What we're seeing is that contrary to what we had hoped, the resurgence of the COVID, the Omicron virus, has uh, really delayed recovery. We had hoped to have 50% of the people back in the offices in the city and the buildings uh, starting to come back to life by the end of January. And what we've found is that that's really slowed down and probably we've got 20% in the office today at most. And employers are now saying people are not really going to be back at the 50% of the office level until April. And now, in addition to the COVID, we have crime, that tragic killing of that woman being pushed in front of the subway train. I, I think it really rattled a lot of people. Terrible. That it, it, She worked for Deloitte, which is one of our members, which has thousands of workers here in the Times Square area. And you can imagine they are devastated. She was a, a well-liked and, and effective person, colleague for them. But Everybody feels strongly, I think those who are both in the city and, and those working remotely, that that instance, the uh, the murder of the young cashier at the Burger King, these things are happening and people are saying, what is going on in our city? And if you had a message for the leaders, I know there's been talk about D.A. Bragg, uh, Mayor Adams, what would you want to say to them? Because you represent the major business leaders here in New York City, and we need to get our city back open and running again at its full capacity. I would say that our city's economy depends on two key factors, obviously health and people feeling comfortable that the environment is healthy to come back to work and to be in the city. But number two is personal safety and security. 
The statistics don't matter. It's the individual cases, the tragedies that we're experiencing that we all empathize with and say, you know, there but for the grace of God go I. And God willing, Mayor Adams will continue doing the right thing. I heard him recently say that he often feels unsafe riding the subway, so it's important to be honest. The crime situation has to be top priority. That's why I think Mayor Adams was elected because people had confidence that he was somebody that knew how to tackle that problem. And we want to work with him and support him in that effort. Thank you so much, Kathy Wild. I couldn't agree more. Again, you are the CEO for the Partnership for New York and come back anytime. Thank you very much, Lydia. And this is Lydia Serrani for 77 WABC News. The number of job listings in New York City advertising remote work has nearly quadrupled in just the last year, according to data analyzed by the New York City Partnership. It's the WABC Early News. No bail, no bail for the homeless schizophrenic charged with second-degree murder in that fatal subway push of homeless advocate Michelle Go last Saturday at the Times Square subway station. Simon Marshall was arraigned from his Manhattan hospital bed yesterday morning on one count of second-degree murder. Judge Paul McDonald remanded Marshall, held without bail. The judge also ordered Marshall to undergo a mental health evaluation. It's to determine if he is mentally fit to stand trial. Did you post the woman on the tracks? Yeah, because I'm God. Yes, I did. Why? Because I'm God. Why? I can do it. Why? Why? I'm God. All right, Marshall, they're telling reporters he pushed the woman because he is God. Prosecutors said Marshall admitted to pushing go during three separate conversations. Investigators are still probing whether this attack was motivated by racial bias. Marshall's next court appearance is set for February 23rd. Marshall was wanted on an outstanding warrant for violating parole. He has two prior felony convictions, an attempted robbery from 1999 and a robbery back in 2019. Well, commuters are eyeing the New York City subway system with more trepidation following Saturday's fatal subway push and, of course, due to increasing crime rates. Mother Stephanie Martinez tells the New York Post she's had to rethink riding trains throughout the New York City subway system with her kids. I'm afraid to go in the train now because um, all this pushing, and I basically sit in the, I basically stand in the edge with my stroller with my two kids. I always make sure my shoulder has a break on, and it's very scary to to always be in the edge now. It's always in the middle. NYPD crime stats reveal that transit crime is up 65.5% over the first two weeks of this year compared to the same period last year. The NYPD has ordered police officers on patrol to conduct at least two subway station checks during their shifts. However, some feel that that will do little to ease strap hangers' fears. Well, a huge donation from rapper Cardi B. The Bronx native plans to pay for the funeral costs for 17 people who lost their lives January 9th in that high-rise apartment building fire in the Bronx, East 181st Street, two weeks ago. Now, Cardi B said, I hope that not having to worry about the costs associated with burying their loved ones will help as they move forward and heal, the rapper said. And meanwhile, the state of New York announced this week that it would be granting $2 million to a fund for the fire victims. That fire blamed on space heaters left running in a duplex and on self-closing doors that malfunctioned. 
The Bronx high-rise fire was the third worst residential fire in the U.S. in four decades. It was the deadliest fire in New York City since the Happy Land nightclub fire in 1990, which occurred nearby and claimed 87 lives. We have more statue controversy here on the Big Apple. New photos show that a statue of former President Theodore Roosevelt, which had stood right in front of the American Museum of Natural History in Manhattan for more than 80 years, was hauled away yesterday. The bronze monument depicting the nation's 26th president on a horse flanked by an African man and a Native American man had sparked protests for glorifying colonialism and racism. The New York City Public Design Commission voted back in June to relocate the monument at a cost of $2 million. Back in 2020, former New York City Democratic Mayor Bill de Blasio agreed with the idea of the statue's removal. The statue has representations that clearly do not uh, represent today's values. All right. The Roosevelt statue is being shipped to the Theodore Roosevelt Library, presidential library that is located in North Dakota. All right. 77 WABC time check coming up on 526. Let's head over to business with Frank Morano. This is Frank Morano with your Red Apple Media Business Update. Teens will be taking the wheels of trucks across the country as the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration prepares to launch a pilot program to allow drivers under 21. The young drivers will be allowed to cross state lines and help to ease labor shortages. A European Union regulator wants to ban energy-intensive Bitcoin mining. Eric Thadeen, vice chairman of the European Securities and Markets Authority, cites the union's climate goals as his reason for concern. Goldman Sachs has predicted oil prices will reach $100 a barrel this year. The cost comes from supply remaining high as demand remains high despite coronavirus surges. Oil inventories could hit their lowest level since 2000 by this summer. And higher crude prices means more pain at the pump. Supply issues combined with inflation could drive up gas prices to more than $4 a gallon. Inflation is at its highest level in almost 40 years. And finally, there may soon be an investigation by the Justice Department into Microsoft's $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. However, there's some controversy over the man who would be in charge of that probe. The antitrust chief at the DOJ, Jonathan Cantor, previously worked for Microsoft, and they are saying this could throw a big wrench into that investigation. Since Cantor spent more than a decade as a legal advisor and lobbyist for Microsoft on regulatory issues, he'd likely be forced to recuse himself from any probe of the deal. That increases the likelihood that a review of the deal could be kicked to Lena Khan's Federal Trade Commission, which also handles antitrust cases. So stay tuned. That'll be one that's interesting to watch. This is your Red Apple Media Business Update. I'm Frank Moreno. 77 WABC Time Check 527. Let's head over to the traffic desk with Frank Diaz. Well, good morning, Devil. It's still pretty quiet this morning. Uh, in New Jersey, we've got some stop and go traffic on Route 1 between Woodbridge Avenue and Main Street. George Washington Bridge looks good at the moment along with all the Hudson River crossings. Lincoln and Honol Tunnel had some road work that has been cleared. Heading to Long Island and Freeport right in center lanes are closed on the east 
eastbound Sunrise Highway between Buffalo and Winsome Avenues up in Hudson Valley. Route 218 is closed both ways between Cornwall and West Point because of weather-related slide hazards, so use Route 9W as an alternative. Over to Staten Island, the lower level of the Verrazano is closed due to construction, so you may want to steer clear from there. In Brooklyn, we have some Sapco traffic on the eastbound BQE between Hamilton Avenue and Cadman Plaza. Over to the Bronx, Fox Street between Intervale Avenue and Tiffany Street is closed due to that fatal house fire earlier this week, so steer clear as, as well. Transit pretty okay at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are suspended today. I said in effect earlier. I apologize. I'm Frank Diaz with your traffic report on 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We have a winter weather advisory posted until 1 this afternoon. Now, as temperatures fall, the rain we're seeing now will change over to snow. We're expecting a maximum of one to three inches of snow today as temperatures fall to about 28 degrees late afternoon. The overnight low down to 15 with mostly cloudy skies and winds to 16 miles per hour. A nicer day tomorrow, partly sunny skies and a high of 24 right now. 41 degrees in the Big Apple and we have light rain. It's the WABC Early News. All right, 77 WABC time check, 529. We'll have more news, sports, weather, traffic, and business right after the break. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine, and along with Early News, we have sports, weather, traffic, and business. Here's your top five at 530. It's the top five at 530. In his first press conference of 2022, President Biden claimed he outperformed expectations. More violence in New York City. An 11-month-old left in critical condition after shots Ring out in the Bronx. Breaking news to arrests in the U.K. Breaking overnight. It's all related to the taking of hostages at a Texas synagogue. A defeat for former President Donald Trump. The U.S. Supreme Court has refused to block his request to block presidential archives requested by the January 6th House Select Committee investigating the January 6th riot. Moscow says it will accept nothing but watertight guarantees that Ukraine will not join NATO. This all ahead of a meeting today between top U.S. and Russian officials. President Joe Biden held his first press conference of the year yesterday. The president claiming he outperformed expectations. Biden also slammed Republicans for working against him, he said. His press conference comes as Biden's $1.75 trillion Build Back Better agenda remains stalled in Congress. And efforts to change filibuster rules have failed yet again. Biden says he will have to break up his stalled Build Back Better package to get parts of it passed. He claims support for items in that sweeping package. American people overwhelmingly agree with me on prescription drugs. They overwhelmingly agree with me on the cost of education. They overwhelmingly agree with me on early education. They overwhelmingly go on the list on on, on child care. Biden also defended his handling of the COVID-19 pandemic and his handling of the U.S. economy, despite record high inflation. For all this progress, I know there's a lot of frustration and fatigue in this country. And we know why. COVID-19 
Omicron has, has, has now been challenging us in a way that uh, it's the new enemy. The Biden Joe Biden also predicted Russia will move in on Ukraine, and he also defended the U.S. military's chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan back at the end of August. And uh, today marks Biden's one-year anniversary as President Biden has poll numbers giving him approval ratings in the low 40s. An 11-month-old girl is in critical but stable condition this morning after that toddler was struck by a stray bullet right in her cheek in the Bronx. The child's father was inside of a convenience store at the time, and the child was with her mother. They were inside of a vehicle on Valentine Avenue in the Bronx when shots rang out as one man chased another. Two shots were fired in all. One struck the child with her mother calling 911. Here's New York City Mayor Eric Adams on that incident. These are good parents with three children. And the first thing the mother did when she walked into the room is she grabbed our hands and she prayed. She prayed for her city and she prayed for the children of this city. So this child was originally taken to St. Barnabas and then later transferred to Cornell Medical Center. An investigation is ongoing, and the NYPD says so far no arrests in this case. All right, breaking news this morning. Overnight, uh, British police say that they have arrested two people, that in connection with that hostage-taking situation at a synagogue in Texas last weekend. Counterterrorism Police Northwest said one man was arrested Thursday in Birmingham, Central England, another in Manchester. Now, they're being held for questioning. No charges have been announced just yet. British citizen Malik Faisal Akram took four people hostage at a Texas synagogue Saturday in a 10-hour standoff that ended in his death. He was shot by the FBI. He had entered the United States as a tourist on a tourist visa about two weeks ago. It's believed that he actually came into New York landing at JFK before this attack at Congregation Beth Israel. Two British teenagers were also arrested as part of this ongoing investigation on Sunday, but they were later released without charges. Malik called for the release of Lady Al-Qaeda. She's imprisoned in Texas, her sentence 86 years for murdering U.S. soldiers. A blow for former President Donald Trump, a big decision from the U.S. Supreme Court yesterday, the high court on Wednesday, refusing a request from the former Republican president to block the release of White House records. These records requested by the special committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot. One justice on the high court, Clarence Thomas, noted a dissent. The special House committee investigating the January 6th riot sought these records from the National Archives. Now, in Trump's filing with the U.S. Supreme Court, he invoked executive privilege. Now, executive privilege is a doctrine which is meant to protect the confidentiality of presidential communications over some of these documents. Trump had sued to try and block release of these documents, saying that the committee was investigating possible criminal conduct 
a line of inquiry that he said was improper. And Trump also said that the panel had no valid legislative reason to seek the requested information. 77 WABC Time Check 537. That's time to head over to the traffic desk with Frank Diaz. Uh, good morning, Deb. Well, it's still uh, pretty okay out there. Jersey's got some stop and go traffic on Route 1 between Woodbridge Avenue and Main Street. The GWB looks pretty good at the moment, at all, along with all the other Hudson River crossings. Lincoln and Holland had some road work earlier this morning that has since been cleared. Heading to Long Island and Freeport, right in center lanes, closed on the eastbound Sunrise Highway between Buffalo and Winsome Avenues. Up in Hudson Valley, to Route 218 is closed both ways between Cornwall and West Point because of weather-related slide hazards. Use Route 9W as an alternate. Over to Staten Island, the lower level of the Verrazano is closed due to construction. And, and in Brooklyn, we've got some stop-and-go traffic on the eastbound BQE between Hamilton Avenue and Cadman plaza over to the bronx fox street between intervale avenue and tiffany streets closed due to that fatal house fire earlier this week so steer clear of that area trains look pretty good at the moment alternate side of parking rules are suspended today but meters are in effect i'm frank diaz with your traffic report on 77 wabc your forecast from the ramsey mazda weather center we have a winter weather advisory in effect that winter weather advisory is in effect till one this afternoon And we are expecting one to three inches of snow today as temperatures are expected to fall throughout the day to a low of 28 by late afternoon. Right now we're seeing rain in the Big Apple, 41 degrees, but it will change over to snow as temperatures fall. Winds today to 14 miles per hour. Overnight, mostly cloudy skies, low down to 15, winds to 16 miles per hour, so a bit blustery. And tomorrow, partly sunny skies with a high of 24. The WABC Early News. Well, House Democrats are scrambling to try and find a path forward for President Joe Biden's massive $1.75 trillion Build Back Better agenda. There is one agreement, though. Do nothing to try and move the massive health, climate, and education package forward. Not an option ahead of the 2022 midterms. President Biden says he is still optimistic that the bill will get passed. I think we can break the package up, get as much as we can now, and come back and fight for the rest later. So the $1.75 trillion Build Back Better Act was passed by the House back in November, but it has hit a brick wall in the U.S. Senate in part due to opposition from Democrat Joe Manchin of West Virginia. He has voiced concerns about new spending as the nation faces skyrocketing inflation at its highest level since 1982. Well, news about N95 mask distribution. The Biden administration says it plans to distribute 400 million N95 face masks to places like pharmacies and community sites all across the country. This initiative is part of Biden's effort to ensure that Americans have access to what he says is more protective masks, as some states are experiencing COVID surges. Here's Biden last week talking about his plan. Next month, your plan will cover at-home tests. Now, for those not covered by private insurance, we're going to make available free tests at thousands of convenient locations locations for folks to pick them up and take a test kit home. Insiders told Politico that the masks will be sourced from the government's strategic national stockpile and distributed for free. The government has some 737 million N95 masks in its national stockpile. And uh, this uh, comes following reports that only 35% of N95 masks out there are, are actually not counterfeit. 
Well, Representative Lou Coria of California refusing to join fellow members of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus and speaking with Vice President Kamala Harris's new communications director, Jamal Simmons, during a face-to-face teleconference. Now, that's because the VP's new hire was found to have made disparaging comments about undocumented immigrants. Simmons is meeting with the group today to hear their concerns about old posts on Twitter that have surfaced this month where Simmons called for illegal immigrants to be rounded up by ICE. So despite the controversy, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki insists things are running smoothly in the VP's office. I'm not aware of any asks for a positive tweet or a specific tweet. I would point you to the vice president's office, but uh, I work with a number of people in the vice president's office who certainly are looking forward to continuing their jobs. All right. Representative Lou Correa of California fought hard to include immigration reform in President Joe Biden's $1.75 trillion Build Back Better bill, indicated he was more interested in meaningful change than apologies. He has also appeared to leave the door open, though, for future cooperation with Simmons. A longtime Los Angeles prosecutor has slammed the county's liberal politicians and district attorney for the rising homicide rates in L.A. The criticism follows the highly publicized murders of a 24-year-old woman and a 70-year-old nurse just this week. John Hadamy a child abuse prosecutor who led the infamous Gabriel Fernandez case in 2014 warned cities all across America to reject liberal district attorneys. Now, he has blamed the soft-on-crime policies of LADA George Gaskin for soaring violent crime and homicide rates in Los Angeles, including the recent murders of Brianna Kupfer and Sandra Shells. Hadamy told Fox & Friends... The new DA has no compassion for victims. He has spoken to no victims. He has spoken to no victims in my cases or any cases that I know about. And so it's unbelievably shocking. Hadamay and other critics said Gascon has failed to stop rising homicide rates in Los Angeles and said his policies allowed people like career criminal Sean Smith to be out on a $1,000 bond when he allegedly stabbed Kupfer, a UCLA grad student, to death inside the Croft House luxury store last Thursday. Homicides in Los Angeles have, in fact, grown nearly 40 percent since 2019, after the county reported nearly 400 murders at the end of 2021. Well, Omicron is showing signs of retreating throughout the United States. Not everywhere, though. Officials say new daily death rates overall have steadied over the past week. Cases are declining. This despite the White House's grim projection that between 60,000 and 300,000 Americans could die from the virus by March. The nation only recorded over a million new cases on Tuesday of this week. Now, that compares to 1.3 million cases on Monday, January 10th. The director of the World Health Organization is Dr. Tedros Gabiasis. In some countries, cases seem to have peaked, which gives hope that the worst of this latest wave is done with, but no country is out of the woods yet. All right. It was also reported earlier this week that hospitalizations and COVID-19 cases in New York and New Jersey are declining by an average of 30 percent. All right, 77 WABC News Time is coming up on 545. We have Justin Ellick now. 
So let's uh, get an update on what's happening in the sports world. Morning, Justin. Good morning, Deb. Just in the nick of time, I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. We begin in the nation's capital where the Nets outlasted the Washington Wizards last night by a score of 119-118 to 118 with the Nets on the road. And Kevin Durant still sidelined point guard Kyrie Irving had a chance to show his worth once again. Harden leaves it for Irving. Kyrie lines it up. Bottom. Kyrie. Spectacular. Sound there courtesy of the Yes Network. Irving scored 22 of his 30 points in the first half for Brooklyn, which proved to help the Nets gain enough breathing room to hold off a second-half surge from the Wizards. Brooklyn will head to San Antonio today for their matchup with the Spurs tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Quick check on the Knicks, who were off last night. They'll welcome the New Orleans Pelicans to the Garden tonight for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time date. Now for some ice hockey, as just the Blue Shirts were in action last night. They pounded a good Toronto Maple Leafs team into the ice at MSG by a score of 6-3. Ryan Reeves and Adam Fox both netted a pair for the Rangers as they'll head to Carolina happy for their matchup tomorrow night with the Hurricanes. Islanders and Devils were both off last night but are set to return to action in the very near future. The Islanders will welcome the Phoenix Coyotes to Long Island tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And the aforementioned Hurricanes will, will pay the Devils a visit in New Jersey this coming Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. With sports, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We have a winter weather advisory in effect until 1 o'clock today. Now temperatures have begun to fall. We had 41 just a short time ago. Right now, 40 degrees rain here in New York. Now, this rain is expected to change over to snow as temperatures fall throughout the day. We're expecting a low of 28 by the late afternoon. Winds to 14 miles per hour. Now, tonight, mostly cloudy skies, low down to 15. Winds to 16 miles per hour, so a bit blustery. And tomorrow, partly sunny skies with a high of 24. The WABC Early News. All right. And uh, here is Frank Morano with your 77 WABC Business Report. This is Frank Morano with your Red Apple Media Business Update. Teens will be taking the wheels of trucks across the country as the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration prepares to launch a pilot program to allow drivers under 21. The young drivers will be allowed to cross state lines and help to ease labor shortages. A European Union regulator wants to ban energy-intensive Bitcoin mining. Eric Thadine, vice chairman of the European Securities and Markets Authority, cites the union's climate goals as his reason for concern. Goldman Sachs has predicted oil prices will reach $100 a barrel this year. The cost comes from supply remaining high as demand remains high despite coronavirus surges. Oil inventories could hit their lowest level since 2000 by this summer. And higher crude prices means more pain at the pump. Supply issues combined with inflation could drive up gas prices to more than $4 a gallon. Inflation is at its highest level in almost 40 years. And finally, there may soon be an investigation by the Justice Department into Microsoft's $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. However, there's some controversy over the man who would be in charge of that probe. The antitrust chief at the DOJ, Jonathan Cantor, previously worked for Microsoft 
And they are saying this could throw a big wrench into that investigation. Since Cantor spent more than a decade as a legal advisor and lobbyist for Microsoft on regulatory issues, he'd likely be forced to recuse himself from any probe of the deal. That increases the likelihood that a review of the deal could be kicked to Lena Khan's Federal Trade Commission, which also handles antitrust cases. So stay tuned. That'll be one that's interesting to watch. This is your Red Apple Media Business Update. I'm Frank Moreno. All right. Thanks, Frank. And despite the surge in crime, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is not backing down from his controversial 10-page memo in which he said he would decriminalize most crimes. There's currently a recall petition by Republican candidate for governor in New York, Andrew Giuliani. But in the meantime, many are calling for New York's current governor, Kathy Hochul, to step in and do something. 77 WABC Radio's Lydia Serrani goes in-depth on this issue with political analyst Hank Scheinkopf. And this is Lydia Serrani, and on the line with me right now is political analyst Hank Scheinkopf. How are you, sir? Doing great, thank you. So happy to be with you today. Thank you, sir. We keep hearing about D.A. Bragg. He's now hired a public relations team. Is he going to ever walk back this memo? Because these radical policies, the fact that he wants to even make armed robbery a misdemeanor is just so outrageous. He's not likely to walk anything back. In fact, he's already arranged for public venues and meetings with people, elites in the city, those who don't really have to ride the subway system, nor walk the streets, nor worry about walking over homeless people, nor having to walk over heaps of trash. Those are the people that he thinks are going to say it's okay. We saw what happened at the Burger King. That suspect, he also had a long rap sheet. As of November 30th, he was menacing someone with a screwdriver. A violent person like that with a history of mental illness, with a history of assaults, should not be on the streets. When you have emotionally disturbed people and the end result is that people are doing whatever they want. You cannot have a society in a city run like this and expect people to stay. Expect them to pay taxes. Absolutely. And we pay the highest taxes in the country. And what are we getting for it in return? People are too afraid to ride the subways. They're too afraid at this point to even walk down the block. Now, the only person who can change this is Governor Hochul. Governor Hochul can replace D.A. Bragg. While she's campaigning and talking about this and that, she has remained very, very quiet on these two recent tragic deaths of these young women. The governor needs to come in, appoint a special prosecutor to enforce the law that Bragg refuses to enforce. Those include crimes like reckless endangerment, resisting arrest. Furthermore, this this argument potentially of falsifying affidavits, arrest affidavits, by docking down the charges as DAs may want to do, or assistance driven by Bragg's policy, is likely to be, frankly, in contravention of the law whatsoever and deserves to be investigated as a crime. Could you imagine if a police officer falsified an incident report? Why is a DA allowed to do that? This is strictly about social class issues as far as I'm concerned. The people that are saying how wonderful this is and being, being subjected to public relations efforts are the ones that don't pay the price. They're not the ones that stand behind counters and work until four in the morning and worry whether they can take a subway home without getting mugged. There is definitely something wrong with this picture, and I hope Governor Hochul does something about it. Otherwise, I don't know if she'll get reelected at this point. This can't go on. And if it's not straightened out, the Democrats are going to pay a terrible price. Ask the district attorney in Nassau County, the district attorney in Suffolk County, the county executive in Nassau County, and other elected officials around the country who just a few weeks ago found themselves going going through an experience that politicians detest, which is being off the public payroll. 
Well, thank you so much, Hank Schenkoff, political analyst. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Again, this is Lydia Serrani for 77 WABC News. And adding to this, right now, more than 12,000 people have signed that petition to recall D.A. Bragg. And you can see that petition. All you need to do is go to our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News. All right, more on crime. Here's more evidence. Police say a woman spewed anti-Semitic threats at three kids, telling them Hitler should have killed you all before spitting on an eight-year-old boy. This happened in Brooklyn. So this hateful rant on Avenue P right near Coleman Street in the Marine Park section happened about 12.30 p.m. last Friday, and police are still investigating this, looking for this suspect, this female suspect now. Police say she's in her 20s, about five foot three, 140 pounds, with long, straight black hair. She was last seen wearing an orange hoodie with black leggings and black Ugg-style boots. Anybody who knows anybody anything about this uh, suspect here is asked to contact the NYPD. On Tuesday evening, New York City's mayor joined hundreds of people for that vigil to remember subway push victim Michelle Go. The homeless advocate, of course, died after being pushed right in front of a subway train at the Times Square station last Saturday. Now, crime is up 65 percent in New York City during the first two weeks of Adams' administration. The former NYPD officer promising, though, to make the city streets safer. Adams insists violence has to stop. I'm recommitted to ensure that this will not happen in our city. We have to do this together. Tuesday night's vigil was organized by Asians Fighting Injustice, although Go's death is not officially being investigated as a hate crime. Anti-Asian crimes, though, up 361 percent in 2021 in the city compared to 2020. All right, uh, 77 WABC time of coming up on 555. Well, as Broadway continues to reel from the economic effects of the coronavirus viral pandemic, New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, is proposing to expand and extend a pandemic tax credit, which is in- intended here to help the commercial theater industry rebound. Now, on Tuesday, Hochul proposed budgeting $200 million for the New York City Musical and Theatrical Production Tax Credit. It would provide up to $3 million per show to try and help defray production costs. So the tax credit program, which began last year under then-New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, was initially capped at $100 million. Nearly three dozen productions have told the state they expect to apply. Hochul decided to seek to expand the tax credit program and to extend the initial application deadline from December 31st, 2022 to June 30th, 2023, as it became clear that Broadway's recovery from its lengthy pandemic shutdown would be bumpier than had been expected. Well, yet more trouble for actor Alec Baldwin. The family of a Marine killed in Afghanistan during President Joe Biden's chaotic troop withdrawal has now filed a $25 million lawsuit against actor Alec Baldwin. This suit claims defamation. The family claims the actor Alec Baldwin falsely accused the serviceman's grieving relatives of being insurrectionists. Column of Wyoming was 
one of 13 U.S. service members killed in that August 26 bombing outside of Afghanistan's international airport as the U.S. military withdrew from Afghanistan. They were processing would-be evacuees to be flown out of Afghanistan following the Taliban takeover at the time of the blast. Now, according to this lawsuit filed Monday in federal court after McCollum's death, Baldwin found one of the Marines' sisters, Royce, on Instagram. And at that time, he sent her a check for $5,000, and uh, it was for her, now a widow, and her newborn in tribute to, he said, a fallen soldier. But Baldwin then allegedly accused Royce of taking part in last year's riots at the nation's capital and called her an insurrectionist. That after she posted a photo on Instagram that she took on January 6, 2021 at the Washington Monument. Now, Royce reportedly, though, attended that demonstration in support of then-President Donald Trump, but was reportedly not involved in the riots and was never accused of any crimes during the mayhem. Baldwin, of course, under investigation regarding a fatality on the set of the movie Rust. All right, 77 WABC time check, 557. Let's head over to the traffic desk with Frank Diaz. Hey, Deb. Well, in Baldwin, we've got an accident blocking both sides of Atlantic Avenue and Milburn Avenue. There's another accident blocking one lane on the westbound Northern State Parkway at exit 36. Over in Freeport, right inside the lane, still closed on the eastbound Sunrise Highway between Buffalo and Winsome Avenues. Headed over Hudson Valley, Route 218 is closed in both directions between Cornwall and West Point because of weather-related slide hazards, so use Route 9W as an alternate. Order to Staten Island, the lower level of Verrazano, closed due to construction. And heading to Brooklyn, we've got some stop-and-go traffic on the eastbound BQE between Hamilton Avenue and Cabin Plaza. In the Bronx, Fox Street between Intervale Avenue and Tiffany Street is closed due to that fatal house fire, so steer clear of that area if you're using local streets. George Washington Bridge looks good at the moment, along with all the Hudson River crossings. Northbound A&E trains are delayed and re- being rerouted while the NYPD responds to an unauthorized person on the tracks at 50th Street. Northbound A trains are running express from Canal to 59th, and northbound E trains are running along the F line from West 4th to Rockefeller Center and then on the M line to 53rd Street. Alternate side of parking rules are suspended, but meters are in effect today. I'm Frank Diaz with you. Your traffic report on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Frank. Coming up on 559 here at 77 WABC, Deb Valentine in with your early news. And let's take a look at your weather forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Well, conditions out there on the uh, roadways and the highways could get a little more dicey throughout the day today as temperatures fall. Right now we're seeing a little bit of rain in the Big Apple. Your forecast from The Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, right now 40 degrees, but temperatures are going to fall throughout the day today to a late afternoon high of 28 degrees. And as these temperatures fall, the rain is expected to change over to snow. We may see as much as anywhere from one to three inches of snow today as these temperatures fall to 28 degrees, winds to 14 miles per hour. Mostly cloudy skies overnight. The low is 15, a bit blustery, winds to 16 miles per hour, and a little bit better tomorrow. Mostly sunny skies with a high around 30. Bernie and Sid coming up at 6 o'clock. Deb Valentine with your early news. Stay with us.